What up, everybody? Pathlin here, and welcome to episode 499. One more episode till 500. I can't believe we are halfway through a thousand episodes. This is, this is crazy. Uh, and I want to thank you again so much for all your support. And we have a great question today from David to represent episode 499. But before we get to that, I do want to thank today's sponsor. First up here before the show begins is Earth Class Mail, which moves your snail mail to the cloud, which gives you instant access 24-7 and integrates with the tools and services you use every day. You might have heard about this tool in uh, Tim Ferriss's book, For Our Work Week. You also get a real professional address to share publicly with customers, business partners, and investors. Now, I've looked in to Earth Class Mail, and I think it's a brilliant solution that's perfect for businesses. You know, I don't need it because I work from home, but I and I don't travel very often. But if you travel a lot, this is perfect, especially if you're a super independent entrepreneur who travels everywhere. Visit earthclassmail.com slash pat, and you'll get your first month of service free when you sign up. Again, that's earthclassmail.com slash pat. Check it out. All right, here's today's question from David. Hi, Pat. I have a question for you today about Kickstarter. My name's David, and I'm a surgeon house officer living in Philadelphia. And I'm in the process of trying to uh, raise some funding slash validate slash pre-sell a product that I'm starting to launch. Um, I've been thinking about a couple different ways to do this, and then it occurred to me that I have enough friends and family and, and supporters that a Kickstarter campaign might be a great way to raise the initial funds. My question for you is this. Do you feel that using something like Kickstarter is a bad idea because it could potentially skew the data that I get back? In other words, uh, would it be a concern that I could get funded from Kickstarter, go ahead and move forward, and then find that there's not enough interest in the market? Really curious to see what your thoughts are about this. And thank you so much for everything that you do. You are a true inspiration to all of us. Thanks again. Bye. Hey, David, what's up? Thank you so much for the question today. Uh, this is a fantastic question. Actually, this is on the top of my mind too because I just finished writing my manuscript for my book. Currently, as I record this, it's with the editor. It's, get, it's gonna come back very soon. Gonna go through one more round of edits and gonna send it off and it'll be going live and everybody will, will be able to get access to it uh, You know, last week of January for pre-orders or February 1st when it comes out. Hopefully, if everything goes well. If you wanna check that out, it's at willitflybook.com. Dot com and it's actually about how to test your next business idea so you don't waste your time and money and, and this is perfect so thank you david for setting this up for me and i apologize i have to plug it in i mean my, my book's coming out. i've worked over a year on it so i got i gotta plug it when i can but david let's answer your question kickstarter i actually think it's a great idea i think it's a great idea for businesses to validate but i don't think it's the first step the first step is to understand whether your idea it's actually going to work for your target market. And if you start with Kickstarter, and yes, you're right, if your friends and family support it, uh, it doesn't give you true validation. doesn't help you understand whether or not that business idea is going to work. However, I do like Kickstarter because A, you're going to get funds for your project, of course. Uh, B, because this is a marketplace, you're going to get a lot of new eyes on your business too. Now, what I would do if I was working Kickstarter to try and actually validate, like a lot of other people do, is set a benchmark pledge goal that is higher than the amount that you know that your friends and family are going to support you for. Um, you know, you obviously want to give your friends and family the opportunity to support you if they want to support what you're doing and actually help fund your project so you can actually go out and do it. But if you just set 100% of whatever it is that they're going to uh, that they're going to help you out with, well, then, yeah, you're absolutely right. How do you know if it's actually going to work with your target market? And that's where I would start. There's a lot of research that goes into an idea 
I feel before it even gets into Kickstarter. You know, it's 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 market research. It's going out there and actually talking to that target audience, understanding what their problems are, talking about and learning what the language they use and all those sorts of things. And actually, the first thing I would do is actually just talk about this with other people. I know a lot of people reserve sharing these ideas until its launch date or until its Kickstarter release date. But I think you do yourself a huge disservice by doing that because you need to talk about this with other people. As John Saddington, who was a guest on the podcast a long time ago, said he's built multiple and has sold several businesses for millions of dollars. He says that when he gets an idea, the first thing he does is talk about it with as many people as possible, not even friends and family, because again, you'll get skewed skewed data. They're gonna wanna be as nice to you as possible, and because of that, they're not gonna tell you what you need to know. He, John, talks to strangers about his idea, whether they're in his target market or not, because he just wants to hear what people have to say about it, whether there's a hole in it or it just doesn't make sense. He can refine that product from there. He can refine his pitch from there. And then you could do something like, once it's validated, go into Kickstarter. And actually through those conversations and through that market research that you do, which I'll talk about in just a second, um, you're gonna actually come up with a whole different product or it actually might turn out to be something completely different, which is actually what you want it to happen. A lot of people save their ideas until launch date and then they see that nobody buys it and then they're wondering why. And if you have your friends and family support you, but then you put it out there in the market for real, then it doesn't work, then you're like, wow, that sucked. And you don't want that to happen. So I think it's very smart that you are coming up with this question and thinking about this beforehand. And I would actually work before you get to Kickstarter to actually try and pre-sell these things to your target audience. And this is what the whole book is about. There's a whole number of things you can do beforehand to make sure that your business is actually one that's gonna work. And the first thing that is that you do is the market research. So I, I talked about this in a previous episode. Uh, you talk about your three Ps, which are the places where your people are at, the target market, where you're the people, that's the second P, the people that are serving that target audience already, and then also the products that are already out there. And then from there, you can kind of get a bird's eye, bird's eye perspective on where you might fit or where this pro- project, this product that you have actually fits into this marketplace. And also what holes are there that you can fill in or the language that you can use to actually better serve that audience than those people who are out there already serving that audience aren't doing. Then it goes into creating what I like to call your customer plan. And this is like understanding more about your audience. And a lot of people talk about your customer avatar, right? And understanding who that is. And I think it's really important. This is a big key part of the book. And it's just, I don't really like the idea of the customer avatar. This, this kind of made up person that is your idealistic customer because it's it's made up and you can't you can't feel for somebody that you make up and that's the whole big problem with this and I know a lot of people share that and it, it is a good exercise it helps you think about who you're talking to but I like to find real people out there who are having those struggles that you are then providing a solution for so this customer plan P L A N is an acronym for what I talk about in the book. This is discovering the problems of your target audience, and I go over a number of strategies to do that through searching through forums, through conversations with others, and, and things like that, surveys. Then the L part in plan is understanding their language, and then the A is actually anecdotes or finding actual stories of people who could either use or who have found a solution similar that you can connect with and actually feel what they're feeling, and then N is actually your hypothesis based off of the problems, the language and anecdotes, which is your need. What is that need that you're providing to them? That's the hypothesis and that's what you then go out and validate and test. Um, And then in terms of testing, there's a lot of different things you could do. 
starts with getting in front of an audience and actually just getting access to an audience. And if you don't have an audience already, well, it doesn't mean that you're you're done. You go and find an audience. That's why having that list of that second P I talked about, the people, is really important because those are people you can build relationships with. You could potentially guest post on or become a guest on their podcast to share some expertise. And then actually from there, be able to put this product idea in front of your target audience. And from there, you start to interact with them. You start to gauge whether or not this is something they're interested in. If it is, then you actually pitch them that idea and ask for a transaction. Again, I talk about this in a lot more detail in the book, step-by-step. There's several people, several case studies I share in the book who have gone through this exact same process across all different niches to validate their product and actually get paid for it beforehand. And once you get that, then I feel like going into Kickstarter you're going to be much more confident. You're going to you're going to get that support from your friends and family, which is perfect. But you also know that you're going to have that confidence behind the pre-validation stuff that you did already um, to make sure that when other people see it too, they're going to want to grab onto it. And it's not just your family and friends, but everybody else too. And plus, once you get into that marketplace, things start to take off. You might get uh, chosen as a staff pick or in that particular space, this might be a project that goes viral. It might go viral on Reddit, which I've seen before too. And um and on social media. So David, I, I hope this gives you some information. It's kind of, you know, just scratching the surface on validation. And that's why uh, I wanted to write this book because a lot of people just scratch the surface. You know, Tim Ferriss talked about it in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, in a section called Testing the Muse. And he just scratched the surface with some Google AdWords strategies to see whether or not a product he was potentially going to sell was going to sell. And that's why I wanted to take this to the next level. And uh, that's why willitflybook.com is a place everybody should go. And I ho- and hopefully this just gives you some ideas and helps get those gears spinning, David, in terms of what it is you can do before you actually start that Kickstarter campaign. Because I, I again, I feel like Kickstarter is great, but there are some things you can do beforehand to make sure that your time on Kickstarter, which does take a lot of time and resources, plus especially with all the pledge stuff and all those goodies that you have to give out and ship out once people um, pledge, it's it's a lot of work. And you wanna make sure that that work is is time well spent too. So uh, David, we're going to send you an Ask Pat t-shirt for having your question featured here on the show. Again, thank you so much for chiming in and and asking this question. I know a lot of people are interested in Kickstarter and uh, we'll send you that t-shirt very soon. You'll hear from my assistant in the next couple of weeks. For those of you who have a question that you'd like potentially featured here on the show, just head on over to askpat.com. You can ask right there on that page. I also want to thank today's second sponsor here after the show, which is Braintree. Braintree gives you a full stack payment solution for your app, uh, for your web app, web application for your business. They support all payment types for your customers, including Android Pay, Apple Pay, PayPal, Bitcoin, Venmo, credit cards, whatever's next, all with a single transaction across all platforms with superior fraud protection, customer service, and fast payouts too. To check it out for yourself, visit braintreepayments.com slash pat. Again, it's braintreepayments.com slash pat. Thank you again so much. I appreciate your time, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode, which is episode 500 of Ask Pat. How awesome is that? Thank you so much for all of your support. And here's a quote to finish off the day by Roy L. Smith. He said, the successful man is the one who finds out what is the matter with his business before his competitors do. Hmm. Take care. Cheers. I'll see you in the next episode. 500 of Ask Pat.